Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 45 of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. Uh, those of you who have been listening and watching, you know that during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. Uh, and one of our goals, we have several, but one of them is to, to really stir us up. Um, Hebrew writer talks about when we assemble, we're to stir each other up to love and good works. But we want to talk about stirring up uh, each other in the uh, area of, of leading others to Christ, especially in learning how to, to talk to and communicate with people in our world, our family, our friends, our neighbors, uh, people in our community, uh, and how to uh, share with them the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana, which is about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis. I'm also one of the uh, shepherds there. And um, last year, when all this COVID stuff started, I came up with this idea of, uh, uh, with, with Matt's help of uh, doing a podcast and trying to identify those that are out there doing this, the ones that are, that are in their communities, are, are, they're having Bible studies, people are obeying the gospel, uh, people are hearing about Christ, and um, the idea was to find out who they are, where they are, how they're doing their work, and see what we can learn from them. And uh, and it's for me, just personally, this has been fascinating. And uh, uh, I've I've met so many, I've got so many new friends. I've got a new one today that you're going to meet here in a second. But um, I, I tell this every time as well. Uh, I obeyed the gospel when I was uh, 21 in Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, I was just, I was, I was just blown away when I finally came to realize the truth and how that I had uh, been misled and the things that I'd been taught were not true. And so because of that, I wanted to learn everything I could of how to teach others. And, and I've done this for a long time because, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than 21 now, but uh, anyway, of, uh, same type thing. And I've, I've mentioned this every time too, where Paul was telling Timothy in second Timothy two, two, the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and obviously women as well, who will be able to teach others also. And um, so we've learned a lot of things that we're going to continue to learn. And I'm really excited today to have with us somebody that we're going to learn a lot from uh, Perry Hall. Welcome Perry. Thank you very much. It's a humbling experience being here. Well, we're just, we've heard, uh, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I try to ask everyone that we've interviewed to give me three people, uh, like three referrals of men, women, preachers, elders, members, whatever that, that they are familiar with that, that are involved in, in, in reaching people in their community. And, uh, and I asked for three names, and I usually even get more than that, but your name came up, and uh, that's why I reached out to you. And uh, But we really appreciate you taking the time. Now, Perry uh, works with the Winston-Salem Church of Christ there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And the uh, way we start this out, Perry, is, um, is I call it the old elevator pitch or short bio. For those uh, that out here that don't know Perry, would you please kind of bring us up to speed? Tell us for example, where you were born, how old you were when you obeyed the gospel, and and uh, just kind of bring us up to speed, if you would. I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, lived there until I was around 10, then moved to Roanoke, Virginia, and became a Christian around the age of 12 or 13. I, I wish I remembered 
the date, but but I don't. And lived in Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, and Kentucky. Those are some of the places that I've preached in in the continental U.S. All right. Uh, and you, how long have you been there with the uh, the church there in Winston Salem? About fifteen years. Fifteen years. Okay. Um, would you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the group there? We are a edge flow group. Uh, we've been as small since I've been here around sixty, and then we've grown as big about one hundred and fifteen. And it it seems like uh, people move in, people move out. Unfortunately, a lot of the the people we baptize, some stick, some fall away. And so there's there's a lot of movement in the congregation. And the advantage to that is I've been here for 15 years, but I've been preaching to I don't know how many congregations in the last 15 years that are in the same building. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what we can talk about that for a long time. Just the dynamic. We've had that here as well of people uh, moving. And in some communities that, that we've talked to, it's a. It's just an ongoing, it's just reality, and it's an ongoing thing. Uh, and what's great about it, looking at it from a positive standpoint, uh, Lord willing, the ones that we teach that that end up do moving away, they'll take what they've learned with them and hopefully go take it and share that with other people in the, the new community that they're moving into. Um, before I forget, uh, what, what's your wife's name? Annette. And that's something I better not forget. Yes. Say it again. It cut out there just for a second. Janet. 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 Okay. And the reason I bring that up is that in the first few interviews, I didn't do this, but because uh, I know with my wife, uh, Gay, short for Gay now, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do things, the things that I've done over the years without her help and support. And, uh, for somebody to be involved in leading others to Christ, especially with the things that like you and I do is that they have to understand, they have to buy into this too. They have to understand the time that you're away from home and away from the family. And uh, so uh, give a little shout out to, uh, to Janet there of how, how much she's helped you over the years. Well, one of the things that my wife is very good at is being accepting of people that, we bring home. Uh, we have had drug addicts live with us. We have had that were, you know, new Christians. We have had like a homeless person who became a Christian live with us. Uh, we had a dear friend, Jerry Angelo. He would show up from Jamaica and he would just, you know, stay with us. And sometimes he would bring, you know, I think one time he brought six people. I came home they were all waiting in the driveway. I called my wife and I said, uh, we've got company, dear. <laughs> and she just picked us for everything and uh, takes care of everybody. And she's been amazing. She really has. Well, uh, tell her uh, that we appreciate and love her for uh, for her part in, in all of this. And, you know, it, it's, it really is a team. And I mean, it's teamwork on a lot of levels, but... Uh, and, and, and I, I say this a lot of times that there was a reason Jesus sent those, those people out two by two. Uh, and, and, and you know that from working by yourself and working with somebody else with you of how important that other person is just if nothing else to have your back and, 
somebody that you can turn and talk to. And, and uh, I'm getting old now. Sometimes I'll forget a passage or I'll forget something. And if Perry's with me, you'll help, you'll help me. But, uh, but I, I think uh, the wives play such an, a vital part. And then just women, and, and, you know, this has come up a lot too, just women in congregations in general. I, I'm afraid there's a lot of places, and we know the scriptures limit women on what they can do in, in public services and everything. We, we respect that and honor that. But there's uh, so many things that they can do outside uh, in reaching the, the neighbors and, and uh, in setting up Bible studies, women working together with other women. Uh, they can, Janet can set up a study with somebody that you probably could uh, just because, oh. just because of being a female. And mm-hmm. uh, she helps me. It's like this Saturday, we've got a Bible study set up from our uh, flea market church booth where we do Bible Jeopardy. And she's going with me. And I'll never forget a time when we were studying with somebody and and I was thinking, well, I know what this person believes more than what that other person knows. And I started not listening and just talking. And I'll never forget the kick that I got underneath the table. <laughs> so that's, uh, be quiet, listen. <laughs> yeah, those uh, encouraging kicks sometimes can be really, can be really good. Uh, you know, uh, uh, how old are you, Perry? I will be 58 in July. 58. Well, you're just still just a kid. Uh, you know, I'll be I'll be 75 at the end of the month. And I can't believe it. It was like yesterday I was 58. You know, it, it's just amazing. What the scriptures say about time is so true once you start experiencing it. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, Perry Hall, Louisville, Kentucky, all the different places you've lived, your education. You could have done a lot of things in your life. Right. Why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you make, why did you decide that you wanted to be a preacher of the gospel? Uh, I really didn't. Uh, I, I tell people I am a reluctant preacher. My goal was I was uh, going to school to become a college professor to teach philosophy. I was working on my master's when uh, my wife. I was working with a car mission that didn't pay very much. And so I had to stop going to college and work a uh, part-time job because she had to quit her job. And for like the next 15 years, I kept trying to go back to school so I could get my master's, then get my doctorate and go teach in a state school. They want to teach at a religious school. I wanted to teach in a state school because philosophy is a very dangerous thing for, for Christians. Uh, I know that because I experienced that. I went through through doubt myself, where I had to self-examine, and uh, I stopped going to school because I was so sick to my stomach trying to answer uh, what was going on, and finally decided that either I could ignore it or I could accept the challenge, and so I accepted the challenge and presented some material to the teacher, and so for like 15 years, I kept trying to go back to school to finish my master's. It seems like God always kept putting a barrier in the place that, no, that's not what I want you to do. So I'm, I'm a preacher, but I don't really feel like I chose to be one. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting way to describe that. And, uh, you know, I was a teacher and a basketball coach for 12 years and uh, a lot of the same things back and forth. Uh, most of the time that I've preached, uh, you know, I've 
uh, I was able to support myself with secular work and uh, and preaching in different places that didn't have anybody and, and that type of thing. And uh, so it, just the dynamics of the work itself and what it looks like in various towns and various congregations is so different. Um, and, uh, and, and we learn to appreciate that and appreciate what others have been through in their, uh, in their life. And, and, uh, I've heard a lot of stories, uh, but it's the same, it's the same thing true with congregations of, uh, you know, I've interviewed people from all over the country now, New York to California to Washington, state of Washington, to Florida and all in between. And, and, uh, even though we're the, the church and we're teaching the same thing, uh, the congregations are all so different. Right. And, and I'm sure it's like that there, like you said, with the, uh, the, uh, the people being transit and everything, uh, it, it changes and it's a dynamic that we have to appreciate. If you don't adapt, then uh, you die. Yes. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, I know that uh, we interviewed Royce Bell and Larry Smith uh, last week, and I know that you said you'd been out there four or five times and, um, uh, and that's another reason why I wanted to do this uh, series of interviews is because they do some things that are different there and uh, uh, and you do some things that are different. And uh, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about is uh, one of the things I've heard that you do is, is uh, and I don't know if you call it the uh, uh, the flea market. What do you call it? If you put a title to it. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, we see that. Paul went to the synagogues, but yes. it also said that he went to the marketplace. Yes. And then he went to the Areopagus. So those are three different places that Paul went. The synagogue today would be like going to a, a church. Yes. Uh, it's like, for example, I was studying with somebody who went to a Presbyterian church, could not get her to commit. And so I was driving by one night and her church was having a, you know, revival gospel meeting, whatever you want to call it. So I stopped in and I said, okay, let's see if I can figure out some way to give her courage. I sat on the back row and I said, you know, God, if there's any way that, you know, I can speak, let them say at the end, does anybody have anything they want to add? And then I said, God, if they say that, uh, you better give me the courage to speak up. And at the end, they said, uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to say? <laughs> I raised my hand and I said, uh, would you like me to speak from back here or come up there? And they said, well, just come on up here. And uh, the, the, the speaker for that, uh, that series was speaking on Colossians chapter three. And I said, you know what? He said a lot of really good things about being uh, you know, remade in the image of God, but let's keep going back. And I kept going back, uh, you know, Colossians chapter three, you know, verse one, uh, you know, about being raised up and then go back to, you know, Colossians, you know, two, verse 12, and, and uh, I preach about baptism. And, you know, they started, you know, you know, interrupting me and, and so far I answered their questions. And, and I said, well, I, I said I would only speak as long as uh, you would, you know, allow me to. And I thank you for the opportunity. And I stepped down. That would be an occasion of, you know, going in the synagogue, uh, going into the Areopagus. Uh, I do something, I go to what's called pub theology. And, you know, some people might have, you know, problems with that because, you know, they're, they're drinking, but uh, the pub that we go to also has a restaurant and we meet on the restaurant side or we meet right now on Zoom. And so I do that and that's, I meet with a bunch of people that, uh, you know, are, are Buddhist, agnostic, 
atheists or you know they, they claim to be you know Christians of some sort that's like going to the Ariacopus and then the marketplace the third place that's me going to the flea market well what is a flea market it's, it's just going around where the people are and that's where we have a booth every single Saturday that we pay for and we do our Bible Jeopardy there and it's been very very successful we started uh, just like a month a and a half ago, we've already got uh, uh, two baptisms from it. Well, that's wonderful. I know when we were talking before uh, uh, in, in preparation for the interview, you'd shared that. And that's so exciting. And, uh, you know, it's uh, this has come up in a lot of the interviews, Perry, of uh, people telling stories. And um, and I, I love to hear the stories. And I think we need to tell more stories. I think we need to tell it. I mean, think about it. Uh, if you look at the Bible, what is it? What has God given us? It's just full of stories and all the people and the characters that are there. We what 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 we know about God is is all told to us through stories. And Jesus, that's he was the master teacher. How did he teach? He told parables. He you know. But uh, but uh, these uh, I love the way you describe that. My wife and I had a chance to go to Athens, Greece. Uh, several years ago and, and go there on Mars Hill and, and look down at the marketplace and look. And, and so I know exactly what you're talking about there. And, and, um, but let's, let's talk about that for a second of, because uh, this, we're looking for ideas and, and there's things, uh, almost every community has some, co some sort of a marketplace like that or a flea market area. Um, and, and we need to search out and find where there's uh, opportunities for things like that. But you said you go every Saturday have a booth and describe that for us a little bit. Let's say that I, you're set there with the booth and I might, my wife and I might be walking around at the flea market. What, how would you connect with us? Well, we, we have a huge TV. It's like 40, 42 inches. And it on it, you know, you know, Bible jeopardy in bright colors. Uh, if you want me to, you know, share any of this on the screen, let me know, and I, and I can. So we have a visual way for people to to see what's going on, okay. and then we have several people in our congregation that come every Saturday, and they help out. And we got this, you know, one lady. Uh, her name is, you know, Jennifer. Uh, you know, she's really good at at drawing people in. She'll ask them, you know, do you want to do Bible Jeopardy? And then if you got a, you know a couple of people there she'll even ask so which one of you would win you know, <laughs> uh, you know that, that's a great way uh sure you know her child has uh spina bifida and you know she's out there and she's you know handing out coloring sheets to the kids well you hand out coloring sheets to the kids their bible uh coloring sheets then you've got the attention of the parents and then you know some of these parents you know they can make connections with her and with Jennifer because of, uh, you know, their children having uh, their own little, uh, you know, you know, physical issues. What I've told people is use whatever you are as a way to reach people. And, and I've told people, and maybe some people have a problem with this. I said, look, if you are, you know, white, or if you're black, or if you're Hispanic, if you're old, if you're young, if you have parents, if you're single, use all of that and it's like, for example, uh, Larry, he goes with me when we go to uh, the college campus and to the bus depot where we hand out Bibles and we try to get people signed up for 
for Bible studies. Well, the fact that you see a white guy and a black guy sitting next to each other, you know, that in and of itself is a visual way to draw people. Sure. And, you know, going back to the church booth, we're having, you know, kids from our congregation draw pictures so that we can put them on the walls. And so when, when they're on the walls, then, you know, people will see, you know, a congregation that is working together. Yes. So yeah. our flea market booth, we have kids involved by doing this. We have people involved that are there with me. There's one gentleman, Scott, every single Saturday, he shows up, helps set up, and he stays for a little while, and then he comes again to help break it down. And I was like, I couldn't do all of these things without these people. They are, they are blessings from God. Well, uh, and I'm glad you said that because, uh, again, uh, I forget who said it. Maybe Max Dawson preaches out in Texas. Uh, he used the phrase, talking about evangelism. He said it's a part of our DNA. And uh, so before that happens, though, a, lot of a lot of congregations, that, that DNA doesn't exist, uh, unfortunately. But, but that has to be through the, the Perry halls of the world uh, going in and planting ideas in a congregation and saying, hey, look, Let's try this. And there's things that there's things that might work there where you are in Winston Salem that may not work where I am in Franklin, and just like in or in Santa Bern, San Bernardino. Uh, but uh, now I like that, I, and, and I like the idea that you've got the others involved in that and helping. Uh, so they they see the vision and they want to do that. Like you say, they want to do what they can. If I if all I can do, and I'm not saying that's what all the fellow can do that you mentioned, but if I can help set up the, the booth and then break it down, uh, then that's my way of, con of contributing to the process. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if you want, you, if, if you want, you want to pull that up on the, on the screen there, we can try that with technology. I never know what's going to happen, but. Uh, Let's see what happens. Give everybody that's watching, just give them a, a visual of, uh, yeah, I can see it. Okay, so imagine this on a 40-inch TV in a 10 by 10 booth. Uh, this is a PowerPoint presentation. There are some that are simpler than this, but I like this one because it's, it's colorful. It's got one of the websites we have, bejustachristian.com. Okay. And when they, they come over and the, we ask them, would you like to play Bible Jeopardy? If they say yes, then what we do is we start playing. <laughs> okay. And uh, we change the categories. I try to do it, uh, you know, every week or so. And it, we try every single week to have a category about salvation or baptism. That gets the most discussions because this is not just about having fun. This is about trying to show people what God wants them to do to be saved. Yes. And I've got one category on here, you know, for kids only. Okay. And we go through and they're real simple questions. And, you know, the last question, for example, on this one is, uh, the way it is in Bible Jeopardy, this is your favorite Bible story. And then we ask them, okay, well, what is it? And so the purpose of it doing that way is, you're getting a discussion going. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, 
that's one of them. And you can see it, you know, it, it disappeared. Uh, it's like, you know, what to do to be saved. Uh, you know, this one is just faith comes from, you know, you know hearing and hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yes. And so, you know, some of them know them and some of them don't, do not. And, you know, we give hints. I love giving hints. And when, you know, people say, yeah, I'd like to have a hint. Sometimes I try to make it so weird that they don't even know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> and again, it just brings enjoyment. For example, one time the, the question, or I guess the answer was, you know, he replaced Judas as an apostle. And we know, well, the answer is, who is Matthias? Right. And so, you know, they're sitting there going, well, was it Paul? And I said, no, 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 he came later. I said, this is in Acts chapter one. And, the, and they said, I, I don't know. I said, would you like to have a hint? I said, they said, yeah, give me a hint. I said, you know, yesterday I went jogging and my thighs sore. <laughs> oh, goodness. And, yes. uh, you, know, you know, some of them go, oh, Matthias. I said, there you go. Oh, that's uh, good. But we've also learned by doing this is that the the uh, biblical literacy is getting lower and lower and lower. Uh, it's like one time the you know the answer was uh, you know he was in the lion's den. Yes. And the question is you know who is Daniel? And somebody was playing. And they said um, uh, you know I, I I don't know. I said would you like to have a hint? I said yeah. And I said okay. He has the same first name as Daniel Boone. <laughs> um, and, and, the, and the guy goes, I don't know who. And wow. it just broke my heart. Yes. Uh, and I said, you know, Daniel. And I said, oh, okay. He had no idea. Yes. But the upside of that is, here is somebody who absolutely knew nothing about the Bible who was willing to play this game because they've heard of Jeopardy. Yes. And so this is just this is just one example of, of what we do. You want to do any more or do you want me to take it off? It's up to you. Uh, that, I think that's perfect. Uh, and thanks for sharing that because that's going to give everybody such a great visual there of what, uh, of what you're doing. And that's, uh, you know what? What I just maybe we do this again sometime and, and talk about the Jeopardy because I'm sure if if I'm there with my wife and we're playing the game, I mean, other people that are walking by, they're going to be curious and want to look over our shoulder and see what's going on, right? Oh yeah, crowds gather and they start helping each other and helping each other. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that, that. Yeah, just the energy that would be developed from that. I, I love that. That's that's yeah. so good. Last um, Saturday we had somebody walk by and the woman said to her, her fiance, hey, you'd like to do this. <laughs> and so they came in and they started playing. And in the middle of it, he said, I got a question for you. So what is it? How do you baptize? Uh, so I had a dialogue with him and he said, you know what? I'm gonna come to church tomorrow. They came to church, they were late, sat on the back row. I had a sermon ready called, Do You Believe What You Believe? It's kind of a backdoor way to talk about baptism. Right. And at the end, uh, since we're, we're not offering invitations normally because 
of all the Zoom. So we're not having, you know, that, but we're, so I just ask this. Um, if you need to be baptized, please raise your hand. And on the back row, they both raise their hand. And so from Bible Jeopardy on Saturday, God added two people to his kingdom on Sunday. Well, you know, I just, I, it just popped into my head. Think of all the teaching that Jesus did talking about fish and mountains and trees and plants and right and sheep and uh so i, I just uh i really like that fairy and, and i can see uh, where that would create uh a lot of really good uh activity there at, at the market uh I, I call this a conversion story uh and i know you've got a lot of them but what what's one that maybe comes to mind uh and it might be one that you just alluded to uh, uh here today uh, of, of a story of somebody that you studied with and they obeyed the gospel. What, what conversion story comes to mind? Now, I'll, I'll tell you one, but I won't mention names and you'll figure out why in just a second. Yes. They met in uh, drug rehab. Okay. She was, you know, raised in the pews or raised in the church. You know, he, he was not. She really wanted to get her life back with God. He showed up to church, had a baseball cap on his head, and if he ever watches this video, he knows I'm talking about him. <laughs> and I went to him to introduce myself. Don't even think he stuck out his hand. You know, I was sitting there like this. Hi, my name is. Hi. And eventually I got some studies going with him. But I didn't study how to become a Christian. Because uh, I didn't think, yeah, I have a cough. So that's a cough drop. Sorry about that. Yeah, we studied uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. And then we studied Ecclesiastes. The way I sum up Ecclesiastes is it's about uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And, you know, that's, that was his life. Yes. Eventually, um, I baptized both of them. It was a long process. And... End up uh, doing their wedding, and it's been 20, 25 years. And as Paul said to the Thessalonians that they were, you know, his his hope, his crown, his joy. I have told them they are my hope, they are my crown, they are my joy, because they. Well, there are so many that fall away. Yes. It's my fault. Yes. It just means so much to me. Well, that. You know, it's uh, that uh, that's so. I don't know. I start to say special. That's not the right word. It, it's so emotional, and and that's that's another one of the reasons why you do what you do. Why both of us do what we do, right? When we have those experiences, and, and I've said this to so many people, you, you don't really understand unless you get involved and see somebody uh, who is in sin and they really want to go to heaven, and they they open up and. Uh, and, and they obey the gospel and, and just how excited they get and, uh, and, and to see that the, this power of the gospel is real, isn't it, Perry? I mean, it's real. And, uh, and once we see God at work there and with the studies that we're doing, it's just, it's just, uh, it's what keeps us on fire and keeps us going. Um, but I, I just think that's great. So thank you for sharing that. I, uh, I, I always end the interview with what I call one thing. Uh, 
somebody's watching this and I know there's a lot of, there's more than just one thing, but somebody they're listening and, and Perry, you've got them excited and thinking again, I need to, I need to get involved or I used to do things like this and I've quit for whatever reason. What would be one thing that you would say to somebody that they need to do or learn how to do to get involved in leading others to Christ? Have this thought in mind. When we are in the presence of God, can you imagine the joy seeing someone there that you taught? Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, just just to imagine that. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's so good. Hey, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, assuming that that's okay, what would be the the best? If they want to talk to you more, maybe they want to hear about Bible Jeopardy or whatever. But uh, what would be a, a best contact uh, information to give to everybody to reach you? Uh, my phone number is three three six four one six. 7979, or they can send me an email. I've got three, but I'll give you one. Be just a Christian.com at Gmail, or me, be just a Christian at Gmail.com. Okay, be just a Christian at Gmail.com. Yes. All right. Hey, brother, I really appreciate you taking this time because I know you had a busy schedule this morning and, uh, 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 I want to follow up with you, Lord willing, uh, can meet you one day in person. I really would like to do that. And uh, uh, keep up your good work there. Uh, tell Janet, uh, uh, you know, to keep it up and keep uh, keep being your partner there, your help meet and all that you're doing. Uh, and encourage the congregation to, to stay focused on, on the Lord's work there in Winston-Salem. So thank you again, brother. Appreciate you so much. It's It's been an honor being able to talk about what Jesus does for us. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And we need to give God the glory. All right. Thanks everyone for watching today. And we'll talk to you, talk to everyone next week. Lord willing. Goodbye. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.